Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Pete on Software podcast. This is being recorded on Saturday, January 4th, 2014. I've had a really good reaction to my first podcast episode, and I want to thank everyone who gave me feedback. I truly appreciate it. In this episode, I want to talk about learning. Last time in my episode about interviews, I mentioned that the second question that I ask people during an in-person interview is, how do you stay current? During the interview, I'm looking to see that they do something to stay current, anything at all. My own personal answer to that question is that I like to do a lot of reading. I read blogs including Scott Hanselman, Phil Hack, Scott Guthrie, Jeff Atwood, John Skeet, and non-technical blogs like the Harvard Business Review feed, James Altucher, and many, many others. I also listen to a lot of podcasts. I subscribe to Hansel Minutes, .NET Rocks, NS Brief, This Developer's Life, iFreaks, Deep Fried Bites, Developing Perspective, and Herding Code and I pick and choose specific episodes from a few others. In addition, I also do a fair amount of screencasts. I have a subscription to NS Screencast by Ben Sherman, which is well worth the $9 a month. Seriously, if you're at all interested in iOS programming, you can pause this podcast, go sign up, and then come back, though I won't blame you if you end up spending a few hours over there. I also used to have a TechPub subscription until Rob sold to Pluralsight and my subscription then transferred over to there. I have since renewed my subscription with Pluralsight, and I'm pretty happy with the content. I also somehow ended up signed up for an Android course through Coursera. I'm in the middle of taking that right now, and I'm dominating. In case you wanted to know, thanks for asking. Lastly, I read books. Honest-to-goodness books. I read e-books, and I read Dead Tree books. I'm working my way through two Dead Tree books right now. I'm reading the Big Nerd Ranch iOS book and Learning Cocos 2D by Rod Strugo and Ray Winderlich, who also has a really great iOS blog. I'm also reading fiction and nonfiction books for fun all the time. I was talking to my friend Jeff a few weeks ago, and I worked out that I had read something like 55 books over the previous 12 months. You could probably say that I am a voracious reader. Some people think that reading books is dead or it's a dying pastime. And that may or may not be, I don't know. Publishing houses probably will agree that things are looking bleak. But this is how I stay current. And I find time for that on top of working, being involved with my three kids' activities, taking out the trash, keeping up with sports, all the stuff that I like to do. Leon Gersing once said in a keynote, and I'm paraphrasing, If you think you don't have time for something, you don't. I know that isn't originally his idea, but he was the first time that I really heard it, you know? You always have time for things if they are important enough to you. Do you really need to watch reruns of Friends? Do you really need to stay current on every reality TV show? I time shift all of my TV except football with DVR, and even now, I don't watch too many shows anymore. I've prioritized all of this learning stuff over most of my TV. I'm not saying that because I'm better than someone who doesn't have the same priorities as I do. I'm just explaining myself and my priorities. All of this goes into and accounts for what I call my grid theory of learning. 
When you are first diving into something, much of what you read won't make sense. It won't stick or catch. But as soon as you read things, you're building strands. Those strands soon form a kind of fisherman's net with very large holes. Now when you encounter some more about a topic, less gets through, and more gets stuck on that grid net, building more and more structures, increasing more understanding and ultimately ensuring that you'll understand future encounters with the ideas in a better and deeper way. Before long, you'll have a very fine grid and everything sticks. You can understand pretty much anything that anyone says about your topic. You've reached that expert level. Let me tell you a story about this from my own life. Back in 2010, I was really starting to get into ASP.NET MVC. I had read a few MSDN articles, and I had some idea about the pattern. I had also made some attempts in my personal time to learn Rails, from which ASP.NET MVC borrowed heavily, so I was starting with a pretty thin grid. However, I had a big project at work that we were starting to build, and we decided to use ASP.NET MVC too. Most of us didn't really understand what we were doing, but we knew enough to know why it was the right choice for a client-facing site. We were literally watching Steven Sanderson's ASP.NET MVC tech pub videos at night, and implementing what we learned the next day. It was just-in-time learning at its finest, and with every assignment, in every video, we were weaving our net and building our grid tighter and tighter. If I hadn't done that preliminary reading and learning and exploration in my own time, I wouldn't have had the foundation for those Sanderson videos to build upon, and I wouldn't have been so effective so quickly. This sort of thing isn't unique to me, and it is happening every single day in development shops across America. A developer picks up a technology to use it because of a recommendation, and soon he's just in timing blog posts and videos and learning just enough to get the job done. And then, it's on to the next thing. I found that average developers are very broad on a lot of different technologies and tools, but very, very shallow. By their very nature, 99% of blogs, even mine, will only give you a short, shallow picture of a technology. 10-minute screencasts are the same way. If you want to really go deep on a topic, you need to read a book or several books on a topic, as well as exercise that knowledge in a practical way. The problem is that developers aren't reading. Part of the problem is that a book is often out of date by the time that it hits the shelves. For instance, the shelf life of a book on iOS is only good for about a year at best, before the next version of iOS is out, and it makes part of the previous book irrelevant. That isn't the case for all books, however. First of all, I feel like every developer should read The Pragmatic Programmer by Andrew Hunt and David Thomas. That book was published in 1999, and it is still worth reading. I still reread it from time to time because my grid is tighter, and I'll pick up things that I didn't before, or I will understand things in a different way because of my growth. Another book that is timeless is Code Complete by Steve McConnell. He also has a great book called Software Estimation, Demystifying the Black Art. It's also a very, very great read. But it's not just those books. There's Clean Code, The Gang of Four Design Pattern Book, The Mythical Man Month. You can read these books over and over again and learn things that you can use, whether you're a Rubyist or you're into Python or .NET or Java or Node.js. Even beyond these big picture books, 
I'm of the opinion that you should read a book cover to cover on your what I'll call main technology probably every few years. Whatever's your bread and butter, you should really be deep on that. Every few years, get a book that really gets after it and read it. And then for the next few years, you can keep up to date on iterations on that technology with blogs and screencasts before needing to deep dive again. Heck, by the time the second deep dive comes along, you might even need to deep dive into another technology because that is where you're making your living by then. And that's perfectly okay. That's why my plan is laid out this way. Hopefully, many of you out there are doing this already. If you aren't, I encourage you to give it a try. Remember, you have time for what you prioritize. And as for reading, you'll get faster with practice, no doubt. If you have a drastically different idea for learning, or you really disagree or agree with me, and blog about it or podcast about it, let me know. You can leave a comment on the show or contact me through the About page of my blog. Respectful disagreement will be shared on my blog or on this show. My pick of the week is going to be the aforementioned NS screencast. I blogged about this some time ago, and it is all still really appropriate. That post was called, Best $9 a Month You'll Ever Spend. You can get there by going to tinyurl.com slash best9, that's B-E-S-T-N-I-N-E. Ben does screencasts weekly about topics in iOS, and really does a good job explaining them. The best part is that he has a ton of older videos that are available for free, so you can definitely see what you're getting into before buying. One of the free videos is even about changes in Xcode 5, so that's pretty current and still pretty applicable right now. You can check him out at nsscreencast.com. My second pick of the week is going to be the iOS Dev Weekly Newsletter. This email newsletter is compiled by Dave Verwer and is a fantastic resource for anyone interested in iOS development. The newsletter contains curated links under sections like news, tools, code, design, business and marketing, and OS X development. You can subscribe or check it out over at iosdevweekly.com. My third pick of the week is going to be Black Tie over at www.blacktie.co. Black Tie offers free themes that work with the popular Bootstrap library, and their slogan is, because free doesn't always have to mean crappy. They have themes for app landing pages, contact pages, portfolios, and more. Give them a look. As always, you can find me at my blog, PeteOnSoftware.com, on Twitter as at PeteOnSoftware, and you can get to this podcast site to leave a comment by clicking the podcast link on my blog. Thanks for listening to the Pete on Software podcast, and I'll see you next time.